Paul says those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. It is Monday morning, and I hope you had a good weekend. Uh, Today we're moving on in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and we will be reading in verses 25, uh, really on through the end of the chapter in verse 40. Uh, Paul now begins to address uh, the issue of marriage among people who are presently single and who are in his term, virgins. In other words, they've not been with a mate, and they've never been betrothed or married, and uh, this is his advice to them. Um, Paul makes some interesting statements in here that convey some powerful truths about uh, the decision whether to marry or not marry, and um, so uh, we'll get into the text because we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, But before we do that, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for a new day to study your word and to see your hand at work in our lives. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we might uh, honor you in the way that we live according to your word. Uh, We ask that you would lead and guide us through it, that your spirit would bring new insight and understanding. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, this is 1 Corinthians uh, 7.25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as though they don't. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world, in its present form, is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs, Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord." In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I, too, have the Spirit of God. 
As we've studied chapter 7 together, it's clear that Paul's um, outlook on marriage is that it's better for people ultimately not to marry. If you have the gift of celibacy, if you have control over your passions, um, Paul's viewpoint, and it's very clearly revealed throughout chapter 7, is that it's best not to marry. He says married people are have divided attention. They have concerns about uh, the will and the um, interests of their spouse, um, how they can please that person, how they can keep that relationship happy. Um, he also says in an earlier verse in today's passage uh, that married people will face many troubles in this life, and he wants to spare people from those troubles. Uh, marriage is a tough gig. Anybody who is married or has been married can tell you that it's a very tough gig. If you think about the math as it relates to marriage, it is the union of two independent, uh, self-focused individuals <laughs> coming into a covenant where they are, by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, made into one flesh. Now, the journey toward oneness is a challenge because it requires that the married partners learn to compromise, learn to lay down self, uh, to surrender certain rights, wishes, and wants in favor of um, making the marriage a happy oneness and arriving at and achieving happy oneness in the context of a marriage is a very difficult thing. It takes time, and it takes two very mature people who have the capacity to lay down their own selfish will and seek what's best for the relationship and learn how to be Christ-like toward the other um, and living out their commitment to their spouse. And so Paul spends the entirety of chapter 7 really making the point strongly that marriage is tough business. And uh, you're not sinning if you choose to marry. You're not sinning if your passion for the other uh, can't be uh, brought under control and you uh, are marrying so as to avoid sexual sin. Um, Paul says you're permitted to do those things. If you marry because your passion drives you to do so, better that you're married than burn with lust. Uh, If you marry because you've decided you're committed to this person and and you want to move on in marriage, you're free to do that. But if you choose not to, Paul frequently says, that is a better thing. (laughs) That is what's best. He says, uh, I'd like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Uh, devoted to how he or how he can please the Lord, and the same for an unmarried woman. She's devoted to the Lord's affairs, how she can please the Lord. But a marriage partner brings another level of concern into a person's life because you must now be considerate of what they want and what they think and keeping them happy and keeping the marriage growing into that happy oneness. Um, And it's a tough gig. Um, I've uh, not been successful in marriage and uh, have made plenty of mistakes that contributed to those marriages not being successful. Um, And I certainly own my role in my decision-making that uh, prevented me from being in marriages of happy oneness. 
but um, I've learned a lot and I've grown through those experiences. And I do put a high value on marriage because I see how difficult it is and I see what a challenge it is. And uh, I admire and greatly appreciate the good marriages around me as examples of what a marriage should be and the hard work and investment that is involved in making them good and making them lasting and working toward that happy oneness with one's married partner. Um, And so Paul spends a lot of time to convince the unmarried that staying unmarried is a pretty good thing. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we have to examine our hearts and we have to go before the Lord and say, God, what's best? And I love this person, but are you calling me to commit to them through the covenant of marriage? Um, And we have to do some evaluating in our own hearts to determine if that's the right course for us. Um, And then near the end of the passage in verses 39 and 40, Paul says, a woman is only bound to her husband, and the converse is true. A man is only bound to his wife um, as long as that person is alive, if that person dies and goes to the Lord, the remaining spouse is free to marry whoever they wish. But Paul's encouragement is that that person must belong to the Lord. The new husband or new wife must belong to the Lord. Um, Again, Paul makes another plug for staying single in verse 40. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is unmarried. And I think that I too have the spirit of God. (laughs) So Paul tries to reinforce his point by saying, hey, look, I'm a spiritual person and I believe the Spirit of God uh, speaks through me. Uh, and I believe I have sound judgment on these matters. And so I'm grateful for Paul's advice. And uh, the reality is marriage is a very tough calling. And if you're called to it, uh, praise the Lord and work hard at it in His grace and mercy. Uh, I pray that God would lead you to live out and fulfill that commitment in every way. And if you're unmarried, uh, take some time to really think it through. Um, <clears throat> there is a sacrifice involved in marriage. You're giving up certain freedoms and certain liberties and uh, freedom from certain concerns that you don't have when you're not married. Um, but seek the Lord either way, whether you're to stay single or married uh, or move on into the covenant of marriage. And God's wisdom, God's spirit will guide you in that decision and when you're at peace with that decision, then I think you can reliably move forward knowing that the Lord is in it. If we're faithful to pray God's word back to him, one of the uh, promises of scripture is that God will shut every door that should be shut and open every door that should be opened. Uh, That's Revelation 3-7, and I frequently pray into Revelation 3-7 over my big decisions in life, and I hope that you do too. Uh, So God bless you. Uh, Thanks for coming by today to study with me. And I pray that these words have been of encouragement to you and that your day would go well as you seek to serve the Lord. God bless.